Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Welcome. My name is Brenda Lanoff, and I have the show, The Mindful Healing Show, on TalkShoe. And I'm creator of this company called Whispering Energetic Healing. And as a speaker now, an abundant strategist and an energy practitioner, I incorporate many healing modalities. And I love to work with people on Skype and phone and help them with their financial abundance issues and health. And it's all tied together. So, I do offer um, a complimentary session if you want to give me, uh, send off an email to laynoffbrenda49 at gmail.com. That's L-A-I-N-O-F Brenda49 at gmail.com. And one of the things that I love to do is be a radio show host. And I love talking to people who have inspirational stories and and just, you know, anyone who can offer some healing advice and, and different modalities to share. Many of the clients that I work with do have health issues, and, and there's a lot of fear out there. So I, um, I love, again, talking to people who are really inspirational. This summer I had an opportunity to meet Tracy David Peterson. And Tracy is a professional speaker, a success strategist, and a performance coach. Um, Tracy and I met at the Center Stage program taught by Chantal Adams in Kelowna, British Columbia, Canada this summer. And I heard Tracy on the stage, and I was just blown away as to her courage and spirit. I later approached Stacy, and I said, asked her if she would want to join me and just tell me about her story and, and, and uh, come on to the show and, and just share it with the world. So... I'll give you some background about Tracy before I bring her on. Tracy has built several flourishing businesses and created thousands of success stories. Her powerful journey of overcoming the unbearable pain of being crushed in a heap of steel, then wheelchair-bound, enduring painful rejection and betrayal that left her bankrupt and homeless is truly inspiring. She has gone from a wheelchair to a winner, bankrupt, back to six figures. Tracy's a trusted authority on dynamic communication and victorious living with an incredible gift to articulate thoughts and feelings which bring instant freedom. So welcome, Tracy. Brenda, thank you so much. I appreciate that introduction. Wow. I feel like a superstar. <laughs> I think you are a superstar. I, I, I saw a picture of you on Facebook, and I thought, how cool for, for Tracy. She's sitting in this private jet, and I thought, very cool. You know, live your dream, go for it, and just shine, and shine bright, and you're doing that. And, and uh, I, I just commend you for um, not 
you know, sitting back and allowing yourself to, to, to come forward and share your stories and, and, and create inspiration for other people out there. So, Tracy, can you take us to this time? It's so incredible. I was so touched by your story of your, well, before your accident, the accident, and then and your journey to this point in time. You bet. I would love to share my story. And first of all, I just want to thank you for the honor of um, being a guest on your show. You're a fantastic healer and a person of absolute um, influence and significance. And so I really do consider it an honor to be a part of what you're doing and the impact that you're making on the world. And so just to be included in that um, is, is something that I want to tell you how much I appreciate it. So um, my story, you're very welcome. My story is um, it's a little bit like if you have ever watched those crazy lifetime television stories, uh, my story could probably be made like that, like many people that we meet, right? Their, their drama or the challenges that they encounter. And I'm daily inspired by other people who are stepping forward into success. For me, um, it's interesting how it all began. I was brought up in a home that was a very healthy home. My dad, my dad's an entrepreneur. He's been a businessman since the moment I can remember since I was born. And um, I remember thinking as a child, Brenda, that I knew I would be in business. Like I never had any question about my destiny in life to be an entrepreneur or a business owner. And yet, the the interesting thing about that was that in all of that, I also learned how to strive and perform for my acceptance and worthiness. And like many of us in life, it really stems from this place of watching other people and how they behave in life. And so I had I had the privilege of and the honor really of being brought up in a very loving home. My my mom was a stay at home mom and my dad was an entrepreneur and. We enjoyed luxuries in life that many people didn't have. And then I had an encounter when I was very young. Uh, Right around the age of five, I had an encounter with something that was contrary to the experiences that I was living in my home. And that encounter was an encounter with abuse. And I know that many of us have encountered this type of experience in life. And And the reason I bring it up right now, Brenda, is because it really did set me on a course that began my journey. And so as I tell you about the other parts of my life and the overcoming, I I insert that in there simply because normally for most of us begins at a very young age and our ability to learn how to overcome the stressors or the pain in our life in a way that's going to propel us forward. Now, I can't tell you that I was equipped to be able to respond well to that particular experience of pain in my life, but it did begin to drive a, a, a a sense of identity that I had, and that identity was that I needed to prove that I was worth something more than what I thought I was. And I share that because it really does push me into my young adulthood, my teenage years, and into my early 20s, where everything I did, I overdid. I I performed at a level that was constantly striving for other people's approval, for accolades, for a position. And I know um, many people can relate to this. And so there's a lot of times people will will hear parts of my story and they'll say, well, yeah, I mean, you just you were just gifted. Like you, you had all these things going for you when you were younger. 
And to be quite honest with you, the reason why I had the success that I did in my younger years, Brenda, was really driven and motivated based out of the pain that I had experienced as a young girl and the need to prove that I was worth something. And so I want to I want to bring some clarity for people because a lot of times people will compare. They'll compare their own stories with other people and they'll say, well, yeah, you had a better start or you had all these things going for you and so that makes sense. And I want to just really bring some clarity in this place that we all come from places of woundedness, right? We all come from experiences of pain. And the beautiful thing about life and the way God created us is that we get the option to choose and learn how to respond to those circumstances in a way that allows us to always experience success no matter how great the pain is. And I didn't know that early on, but I had the advantage of some very powerful mentors in my life that began to teach me what it meant to respond in a way that would completely take me out of the game. And it is awesome when you can live a journey like that and then teach other people how to do it. So if you fast forward my situation and um, you you look at some snippets in my life, I was um, highly excelled in school. And by the time I was 17 years old, I had graduated from high school and I also had an associate's degree because I was able to participate in a post-secondary program that allowed me to take college courses. And again, all of this driven by the ambition to really prove that I was worth something. So here I am. I'm 17 years old. I'm graduated from high school. I have my college degree, and I'm ready to start my first business. So I do. I start my first business at the age of 17. It was a salon business. My dad borrowed me the money, and um, or I borrowed the money from my dad, I should say, and I was able to start that business, and I bought and sold it within that year for a profit. I went on to own my first three businesses by the time I was 23, and then I had an opportunity to step into a um, financial uh, insurance agent, financial broker position at a very early age. And so here I am. It's one of those things you don't dream about becoming an insurance agent. You don't really even think about it, but the opportunity mm-hmm. presented itself, right? Oh, interesting, and, Tracy, uh, that at such a young age, I mean, this is very unusual. <laughs> Yeah, it's very yep. it's it's very interesting. I mean, at seventeen, having your own um, salon business, and then by twenty three, three businesses. I think that would blow most people away just by that alone. Thank you. Yeah, and again, just to just to reiterate, all of that, all of that striving, all of that performance, really was driven from a place in my heart, rather than just, hey, wow, I'm so awesome and. I'm intelligent and I can use all these gifts. Remember that I'm I'm stepping out of this place of wanting to prove to myself and others that I'm lovable. And so it really doesn't matter how we're driven as much as if we can discover what it is that that drives us and begin to transform that into a healthy place. And the good news is that although I was in that place at that young age, Brenda, I have learned since then how to how to transform that pain that was motivating and driving me into a source of joy and peace and pleasure in the process of healing. And so where, whatever season that you find yourself in in life, there is hope for restoration. There's hope for something better. And that is the very reason why what the work that you're doing, Brenda, is so significant because at any point along our journey, 
um, we can receive a level of restoration and healing that can propel us into a higher level of success. Yes, Tracy. And, you know, you talked about the um, abuse at um, age five, and I have to tell you with the most of my female clients have experienced abuse and um, that does lead, or I should say it, it can lead then to unease or disease of the body. So um, abuse is, um, it's uh, more prevalent in society than I think has been reported. Um, I, I certainly see it, and there's a tremendous amount of shame in, uh, revolving around abuse and, and having to um, uh, strive and perform, and, and, and it's driven you to, at, at a very young age, to accomplish what you have, and to be able to turn that around, um, I think that is a beautiful, beautiful thing, and, and for other people to uh, hear your story, and I'm excited about hearing it again, but how they're able to turn that situation of um, of abuse to joyfulness, to abundance, yeah. to pleasure. Right, yeah. And, it, and it's interesting because even in that place, Brenda, where I was performing most of my, my peers and I was running circles around even people in my industry, I wasn't satisfied. Like it just didn't seem to ever um, hit the nail for me to be able to prove that yes, I am, I am lovable, I am worthy. And so it's interesting when I look back on my life in in my twenties and all of the the accolades that I was given by my industry and by people around me and the awards and the trips that I won, and yet I still found myself at the end of the day feeling empty and alone and wondering if I would ever really truly be known. And I think that is the way we're, we're all created with this deep desire to be known, to be heard and understood, to be validated. And um, the, the most beautiful thing I can tell you about my story as I continue to give you the testimony is that um, when I was able to really come full force, head into the worth and value of my identity, of me as a person, um, is when really things began to transform dramatically for my life. And um, I began to experience some significant levels of, um, I would say, euphoric peace, right? Like the peace that passes the understanding of our, our logic. And that's what we're talking about, people who have struggled or been um, under the oppression of disease or something that their body's not working correctly um, to its optimum. And when they're able to step into their own identity, when they're able to step into the value they hold outside of performance, things begin to come into alignment. And energetically speaking, everything begins to heal. And that's the beautiful measurement of of how we're created and how our bodies really can step into something that we may never have experienced yet, but it's never too late. So the awesome thing is that I I found myself at 30 years old. Here I am. I started this insurance agency. I've been doing it for several years at this point. I've reached a pinnacle of financial success that... um, I I sort of expected in my mind, but I didn't imagine that I had that I had the ability to get there. And here I was, 30 years old. I was making a half a million dollars a year. I had traveled all over the world, and everything in life seemed to be working well. 
And in the midst of that season of building my life up, I ended up encountering something that uh, dramatically, actually two big events that dramatically changed my life. And again, it's kind of like the experience as a child. You just, you're kind of going along the path and you think life is going to just keep going on that path. And then there's a detour that happens. And so for me at 25, I was um, just starting to have a, a large amount of success in my insurance industry. And um, I was involved in a head-on car crash. And so one night, New Year's Eve night, we're getting ready to go out and paint the town red. We're going to have an awesome night. I'm all dressed up and feeling beautiful. And in a blink of an eye, we are hit head-on by a person who crossed the center line going 60. And um, what, what unfolded at that point really was a complete life-changing experience for me. So I ended up in a wheelchair. After seven reconstructive surgeries and eight pounds of titanium in multiple places of my body, my left leg was completely shattered from the knee down, and they um, miraculously were able to reconstruct um, that, that shin bone. They removed the big bone and replaced it with a metal plate and reconstructed my ankle. My right hip was completely shattered, so they put a metal plate in my hip so that when I stood up, my femur bone didn't go through my hip. Oh. My left, right, my left shoulder was um, severed, and so they pinned that back together with some titanium and um, re reassembled my wrist. And so here I am, 25 years old. I felt invincible prior to that, right? When you're 25, nothing's ever going to hurt you. <laughs> right. And um, I had never even had a sprained muscle before that. So I'm in the hospital, and there, and and it's a pretty serious, it's a pretty serious um, time. And in my mind, I just couldn't grasp how serious it was. And I just kept asking, like, when do I get to go back to work? Because remember that my work at that point had been my source of identity, had been a place where I found worthiness and, and value. And yes. I really think it's it's amazing how God gets us on the path of where we need to go regardless of um, our, our mistakes or our choices. I That's my belief anyways. And so it was the guidance and direction that I had at that point to – start to learn my identity outside of my performance. And I got the opportunity to respond to this circumstance that could have very easily completely shut my life down. So That's I spent a year. That's amazing. And I have to, I, I wonder, did you have sort of a sense of being out of your, with this, this horrific um, car crash, did you have a sense of being out of your body at any time with that, with such a severe um, injuries? To be able yeah, to cope with all right. that you went through? I think that's a great question. And, you know, people ask me all the time, like, were you awake during that? And the interesting thing is um, it, it, I am from a northern state in Minnesota, and it was very, very cold out that night. I think it was below zero temperature-wise. And I remember being awake the entire time and actually – it, it was probably more like an out-of-body, in-body experience, really, because I remember being in my body. I remember looking at my body, but I think that there was a level of shock that was happening or perhaps yeah. adrenaline or whatever the chemical reaction is that happens. And mm-hmm. I looked down, I saw that my, you know, my leg was mangled, and I had an awareness that that wasn't right and that there was a lot 
there was a lot happening. And I had a sensation of pain and cold, but I also had a level of peace that flooded over me that I could uh, breathe through, if you will. So I didn't have panic. I had a very calm nature, and there was a pyramid that was talking me through the whole process. And I remember at one point um, reading the police report, I had made a comment. I had my hair all in an updo for the night. Um, My head was leaning against the edge of the car. So if you can picture this, uh, as I verbally describe it, my body was laying flat, and my wrist and arm were where the brake and the gas go. And and I was laid out flat between the dash and the bottom of the car and pinned in there. So they took the jaws of life to cut me out of that. But my head was resting against the the driver's side door. When they came to use the chainsaw to cut me open, I could feel the vibration of that chainsaw. And I said mm-hmm. to the pyramid, just don't let them cut my hair. <laughs> Because our things that come out of our mouth and in in these crazy times, it's it's really interesting. But how that being in shock was really a way of protecting you. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so, you know, you get a a chuckle out of that, like, okay, girl, if if your hair is being cut off, you're probably in bigger problems than that with a chainsaw on your head. (laughs) Okay. Wow. Uh, it did, on a side funny note, it did take about three weeks for my hair to be untangled from that updo mm-hmm. and all the hairspray that I had in it laying in a hospital bed. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, my goodness. Funny things that wow. we think about. Yeah, that's amazing. It's amazing um, the, the um, mechanisms that our body have to protect us in um, times of shock and, um, and stress. Right. And which is actually quite comforting, isn't it, to know that we, um, you know, we're designed, um, as your website, I love it, we're designed for freedom. You know, we're, we're designed yeah. to be um, cuddled and taken care of when, when there's this horrific uh, things that can happen to us physically and yeah. emotionally. So it's, um, it's very peaceful, as you said. Yeah, it is it is very peaceful. And and as you even say that, Brenda, I what comes to mind to me is just the level of healing that I've been able to experience throughout every obstacle that came my way and the theme of um the 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 underlying root theme of not being protected, of not having control in that situation and having something horrible happen to you. So you know, the, the and as I continue my story, I'll give you a little bit more example of that. But just to plant a seed in there that we all have kind of a reoccurring foundational theme that we can look at in our life, which helps us also discover how to get our healing. Mm-hmm. So as you're hearing my story, hopefully, um, you know, hopefully our audience can be thinking about their own life, thinking, wow, are there some themes that have happened in my life that foundationally could be the be the um, the roadmap, if you will, to getting my healing. Because I didn't know it at the time, but each one of the experiences that I had as way in the way of obstacles, setbacks, were really opportunities for me to have setups for success. Yes. yes. And so it's pretty cool. So um, you know, that's a little bit of a distraction that happened at 25, and honestly, it gave me a new sense of passion 
to be able to educate other people on how to protect themselves in the event that they had an accident. So it was quite it was quite in line with my career path as far as being an insurance agent, helping people <laughs> with the most boring subject on earth that nobody wants to pay money for, right? Yeah, <laughs> Now I have this awesome story of experiencing what it's like to go through an accident at 25 when you think nothing's ever going to happen to you and then needing to have the right appropriate coverage, some of which I did not have. And so, um, you know, spending three years in the court system trying to get my medical bills paid for and paying my own bills and, you know, it's uh, over a million dollars in medical bills that, were incurred that my insurance didn't want to pay that I needed to learn how to figure out what I was going to do with. Wow. So it created a platform, if you will, for me to be able to speak authentically. And and I want to encourage everyone that's listening today, whatever, whatever pain we go through, we can decide, we can choose whether or not we make that our platform because it gives us a really high level and a significant level of influence and authority once we've experienced it, right? Yes, yes. And you couldn't refute my testimony. When I talked to my clients as an insurance agent, they they could argue maybe uh, the price. They could argue that they don't want this policy or that coverage, but they couldn't Mm -hmm. argue my testimony. No. And in that place, it compelled them to want to provide for their family in a way that would be suiting for their for their own needs and wants. And so I just want to encourage you and everyone that, you know, as a reminder that whatever we experience, we get to have an opportunity to use that the significant influence over and mm-hmm. to others when when we step on the other side of it. Absolutely. So I got to do that and, and it's really it really helped me build my book of business quite quickly at that point. So from for the next five years is where I advanced my career in the midst of learning how to walk again and um battling through significant amount of pain and more surgeries and reconstruction and therapies and you name it. It was a daily process of one step and then the next step, and continuing. And sometimes I had setbacks, but I always knew that I wanted to continue to press in. And and some of the things that they spoke over me, I made a decision that I wouldn't agree with. Now, I know in the medical field that's challenging, right? So if somebody says, you're never going to walk again, and they do that for the purpose of not not getting you disappointed, but I just didn't want to settle for that. I thought, no, I'm... I'm 27 years old. I'm going to walk again. Yes, I I hear you, and I hear it from different uh, clients. Unfortunately, that some doctor has um, proclaimed that you know that's it. You have cancer, and um, you know get things in order. And and uh, <laughs> playing a little bit of God, and I find that extremely um, disturbing uh, mm-hmm. because uh, we are so. We are so strong, and uh, we are so powerful. And once you're able to grasp onto that power, like anything is possible. And that's what you're relaying to um, our listeners today. And so I love it, Tracy. Continue on. I want to hear the rest of your story. (laughs) Yeah. And I I unfortunately have been taught in my life, uh, my family had taught me that the power of the words that we speak is significant. And um, we're, we subscribe to a faith that, 
that believes that words create life and death. And so I had the opportunity to begin to speak that life over myself, even when other people were not speaking in alignment to that. And so I got to begin to speak uh, victory, if you will, or overcoming, uh, you know, the, the place of, yes, I can get here and encouraging myself daily in that in that place verbally. And so you fast forward a little bit, I, I end up um, slowly but surely recovering. I get out of the wheelchair after a year and um, life continues to move forward. Now I still had some limitations at that point. I had a fused ankle and a metal hip and so I wasn't back to my full self athletically, but I was willing um, and trusting that the continued work forward would, would continue to bring me to that place. And I focused most of my effort on building my, my book of business and, and being a successful entrepreneur and helping thousands of other people. So I was getting, I was getting fulfilled in that place. And then I got to this place where, you know, life sort of became status quo again, even though I had experienced such high levels of success, Brenda. And here I am at 30. I've been, um, I've been in a marriage that was, um, let's just say, completely functional. <laughs> and um, both of our woundedness had really come to the surface quite a bit at that point. And um, there, there was a lot of unhealthy behaviors that were happening between the two of us. And I found myself, as I said, at the pinnacle of financial freedom. Everyone in the world would look at me and say, wow, like you have got it made. You have this life. You travel all over the place. You live in a million-dollar home. You make a half a million dollars a year. You, you know, wear nice clothes and have nice toys. And it really appeared from the outside in, Brenda, that I had, I had arrived. Yes. And I'll be honest with you, I felt kind of ripped off. Like I've been lied to. I felt like this dream, this American or world or, or whatever dream they sell us, this dream of if you just achieve this level of success, everything is wonderful. And I kind of mm-hmm. thought like, okay, I've worked all these years, climbed this ladder, and I'm at the top of the ladder now where? Like there's more, right? There's got to be more. And I began to feel really trapped again and, and kind of confined and wondering, would I really be living out my purpose if I just stayed where I was at? Because it kind of seemed futile to me. And I found myself crying myself to sleep at night thinking, nobody really knows me. <laughs> I live this facade. I live this fake life. And I want to be known and I want to know people. And I don't know what to do about it. And it was in that season that my marriage came to an end in divorce, and that was really painful, the level of failure that I heaped on myself, feeling like I hadn't accomplished what I set out to in my marriage, feeling rejected, um, feeling small, and yet the more um, feeling of shame and rejection I felt, the harder I strived for business and became more successful for there, and it was this, it felt like a big lie. And... Mm-hmm. I knew that there had to be a connector piece somewhere. And so and so at some point I got this bright idea that I would start another business and maybe that would just satisfy me somehow. Okay. <laughs> and so I, I was searching for a new business opportunity and I came across a gentleman who was larger than life. He had, he had this vision to really impact thousands of people's lives, millions of people's lives. And I felt like, yes, that's what I want to do. And so I, so I made a choice to get into business with him. And um, he was starting this uh, direct sales company uh, from the 
from the ground up, and I knew I had some skill that I could bring to the table to help with that. I certainly had the finances to back it. And so we created this partnership mostly with my finances and his vision. And things seem to be going really great. And I know we've all experienced that. Like, okay, I've had all these hard moments, and now all of a sudden I'm experiencing a little bit of promotion. Here I go. Life is good. And I step into this partnership, and our business begins to explode. And yes, 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 this is awesome. I'm feeling really great about myself. I know we're impacting the lives of people. A year goes by. We hit the six-figure mark. We're really proud of ourselves. I'm thinking, okay, this can work. Mm-hmm. And um, sadly, in the next year and a half, so after about two and a half years of starting this business, my business partner embezzled $1.4 million and oh. left us completely bankrupt. Oh, my goodness. Um, I discovered that there was a, a gambling issue for him and a whole bunch of other pain that he was medicating on the other side of it and when my personal money ran out so did he whoa tracy uh-huh <laughs> and so the devastation of that was that um of course you can imagine you know feeling betrayed feeling rejected and then on top of all of it feeling so stupid like how could i have not seen that from a yeah. mile a mile away so um, that business, of course, it's it you know it it literally imploded, and there was just it, pieces everywhere, and lots of people that got affected and impacted by that. We um, we needed to declare bankruptcy on that business. There was just nothing else we could do, and so so finally getting to that point, Brenda, and as a financial agent, stockbroker, like I like that was the last thing that I thought I would ever experience because I was a really good money manager managing tens of millions of dollars of other people's money and now I'm bankrupt. And um, in that process, so creating or declaring bankruptcy in that partnership business, although it was a separate entity, the bankruptcy trustee came in and made a decision that based on the contractual language of my uh, contracted my insurance company that there was no stipulation in there that indicated whether or not I had to do anything to collect my residual income. And based on that information, they declared that residual income an asset versus an income, and they seized it. Oh, dear. What that means is that um, I lost both companies in a matter of 30 days. So oh. I went from making a half a million dollars a year to absolutely dead broke. I lost my home. I lost every asset that I had, every dollar in the bank account. And um, I had $67 to my name. I was a single mom, and I had a five-year no-compete clause with my insurance company. So I had to start a new career. <laughs> wow. And I tell you that there's nothing more devastating than encountering face-to-face your identity and what who you truly are, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so for my entire adult life, I had identified myself with this individual who was a business owner, who was a um, a put together, wealthy, uh, intelligent businesswoman, and that had been my identity and how I how I acted in my community and the influence that I had. All of that was wrapped up in that, and now all of that was gone. And I had nothing. Yes, I think that's, you know, common for 
most people. Our identity is so wrapped up in our title. And it's when you, I had found, for example, that the world that I was in, which was the oil and gas industry, uh, when I moved, you know, to a different province here in Canada, nobody could really give, um, you know, rats, um, you know, uh, ask really, to be honest, who I was, what my title was, and what I did. Yeah. They didn't yeah. understand it, and I couldn't describe it. And it was like, okay, you know, Brenda, who are you? And did it give you joy? No. Did I, you know, did I get sick? Because I was I was in this world that, that didn't give me joy, and my heart was in it? Yes. And that, that was, for me, um, the typical you know, time of um, having my cardiac arrest and, and, and where I came back, I died and I came back and it was a rebirth to doing exactly what I'm doing now. And I, I am so grateful for that and, uh, and for what you went through and where you have been and where you're at now. Um, it's amazing. And I think at times we just need to let go of that identity and just live our hour, just what gives us joy. Yeah. And it will yeah. take us where we need to go. I do believe that. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I can recall so vividly a moment sitting uh, in my office looking out at this beautiful scenery that I had in my office before I before I lost my home. And through the tears streaming down my cheeks, I remember having um, such a clear revelation of the fact that this was a gift. Like as much pain as this was of me yes. experiencing this change and loss, that it was a gift. Because remember, I had said two years prior, I was feeling unfulfilled. I was looking for something more. I got into partnership with him because it wasn't satisfying me. And again, it's God's way of saying, okay, that's the wrong way. Go this way instead. And I never, ever would have given up that income to do something completely different. It just wouldn't have been realistic to me. And so I got the opportunity to to start over, right, and to really create a direction that I was meant to be in instead of what the world had formulated for me. And that's how I felt. And And it didn't mean that there wasn't many days of just, you know, <laughs> unfunctional crying and feeling sorry for myself in those moments, and yet still the choice at the end of the day to, to look at it as a blessing, to look at it as an opportunity to do something significant that I wouldn't have ever been able to do otherwise. And I didn't know what it would be. I had no other, you know, I mean, you get you get tired, you get weary. And at that point, I just kept thinking, I don't want to lead. I don't want to teach. I just want to have a job where I can follow directions and just make some money. Right. And, of course, you know, we're if we're not created for that, we're not. And so it wasn't very long. I, I ended up having some friends in the direct sales business, and I began a, uh, a home business, a direct sales company, and had uh, had enough success to be able to put food on my table and to begin to pay my bills. And it was within a year of that time, having some success in this new home business, that people began to uh, articulate and communicate back to me, you know, Tracy, you really have a gift for business. You really have a gift for problem solving. You have this discernment and this wisdom that can push through things that many people get stuck with. And have you ever considered consulting or coaching? And I was so wounded, Brenda, at that point that I was just like, no, I need a real job. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I kept resisting it all the while consulting and coaching. 
not knowing that I was doing it and just continued to help people and help people and help people. And they would write me these miscellaneous checks as I would consult them on a job, and I would never label it as consulting or coaching. Okay. Like, I'm helping you, and they would pay me. And wow. um, it was shortly after that, maybe half or so after all of the dust had begun to settle and I'm building this home business and people keep telling me you need to be, you know, you just do something because this is, like, you're so, you're so amazing. Like, do something. That mm-hmm. I, I actually traveled out of the country. I went to Israel. And when I was in Israel, I had an encounter with a gentleman that was from the States. And um, in one of those spiritual moments, really, like, like directly from from the Holy Spirit himself, just in this place of divine download, I have a remembrance when I was 17 um, through conversation with him of feeling like I wanted, like my purpose on, on, in life was to, to help people make effectual, uh, permanent, positive change in their life. And I didn't know how I was going to do that. I had actually been to a Tony Robbins conference and said to my mom when I got done, I want to do that. She's like, well, you want to be a speaker? And I'm like, well, I don't know about speaking, but whatever it takes in order to help people change their life to the positive. Yes. And so it was like everything converged. Everything collided in the most beautiful, perfect way in that moment. And I came home from Israel. I had um, I had a, I had a, this a revelation to change my name at that point. So I, because I was still carrying my married name, which I was now divorced, and I knew I didn't want to go back to my maiden name. So I, uh, I felt like I had this direction that um, David, the word David means his beloved, oh, and I felt like I was having complete guidance from God Himself, and so I changed my name to David, and I opened, I started my business, Designed for Freedom. Didn't know still what I was going to do in my business, Brenda, but I was supposed to do something. And can I just tell you that when we step into what we're supposed to do, when we will receive healing and agree with it, there's nothing that can stop us or hold us back. Because as soon as I did that, within 30 days, Brenda, I had a full-time coaching client. Wow. I went really quickly from three clients to 10 clients and to 15 clients. And within a couple of months of stepping into that, I was coaching 30 to 40 hours a week. Wow. And getting paid really well to do that because of the value that I was bringing people and not having to strive through it, not needing to try to figure things out in the sense of pushing and and performing and proving, but naturally, authentically, in the place of absolute authority because I had experienced it, helping people overcome their obstacles. And so, um, you know, and then in that process, really having the resource, the emotional resource, step into more healing, understanding, okay, if I'm really going to help people, then I need to be whole myself, and beginning this powerful journey at that point of exploring my identity outside of performing, because I could have easily stepped back into performance mode. Uh And so learning how to get the right guidance and mentorship and healing with individuals like yourself that that would engage in the deeper places of my heart where I started to see a pattern. And remember earlier I said there was a pattern. So for me the pattern was being out of control and being vulnerable. And to me vulnerable meant that I wasn't going to be protected and I would be hurt. Yes. And if we're not vulnerable, we never get to experience true intimacy. 
Yeah. You know, and I think also, I think too, Tracy, there's so many limiting beliefs that yeah. now we can hold on to and the limiting belief that can come in at any point in time and throughout life. And, you know, once you get those limiting beliefs identified intuitively, it's amazing. And it could be like these beliefs we pick up that we're not even ours, but for somehow we've taken it on and, and that sort of created this structure in our life in a, in a way that um, it's, it's not understood. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel authentic, but we've taken on all these beliefs. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So it was a really, it was a really awesome time in my life because I got to explore the truth about who I was and who God said I was outside of performance, outside of people's opinion. And the more I stepped into that, the more my identity grew as this daughter of the most high king, if you will. And I began to walk in that confidence. And the more confidence I began to have in that identity, the more success I experienced. And so when I help my clients now, really it's all about helping them identify their identity underneath all of that and the limiting wow. beliefs that you're talking about. And so it's not magic, right? It's not like, okay, I'm going to white knuckle this and yeah, I had something bad happen to me and I'm going to push, push, push through it. It really is about almost um, stepping back for a moment and going, what's the truth about me outside of the circumstance? So the circumstance said I was broke and destitute and worthless and unlovable. But the truth is that I am capable. The truth is that I am loved. I am chosen. I do have a purpose and a design. And so the more I could attach myself to the truth of who I was outside of the circumstance, the more the circumstance changed and got altered. Yes. (laughs) And so when I say to people, it's not the circumstances that will determine whether or not you get to personally experience success, it's how you respond. I am absolutely authentically saying that. That is not just a nice mantra that sounds really good. Like I've really been able to experience success no matter what pain has come my way. And I can teach other people how to do that because you too have an identity that you've not fully tapped into yet most of the time. Excellent. So can you describe in your coaching that you do what um, example of a client that would come to you and say, Tracy, I need some help. So give us um, a couple of examples with our time here. Yeah, you bet. Well, and just to kind of give you an idea to wrap that up. So, you know, I I started coaching, and that was six years ago. So I've been full-time coaching now for six years and doing workshops and speaking um, all over the place and uh, really have gotten to the place for me where I find the best success. And, And you know this is true for all of us. Like we can... We can start a business and go, well, I'll just take anybody because I need to build my business. And then once we're able to step more and more into that true identity, we get to figure out the exact people we're supposed to be working with. And so for me to describe that to you really would be to describe the person that says, I know that there's more. Like I've experienced something in my life that um, has tapped me into the awareness that I that there's something more and bigger for me. I just don't know how to get there yet. Uh-huh. And most of those people, Brenda, are what I would call high achievers, right? The people that have been moving and shaking most of their life, and it just doesn't seem to satisfy them. Uh-huh. 
So, um, and there's a wide range of clients that I've had the opportunity and pleasure of working with, but the ones that I uh, connect best with are going to be those people that are are the high achievers that have said, yep, I've got this level of success, but I feel like I want more success. And yet they kind of also have an awareness that that nothing is satisfying them. Like, wh- like when will it be enough? And so how an example of how I might work with that person, um, I'll give you an example of one of my most recent clients, a, a, a very successful um, corporate consultant. She's an entrepreneur who um, is hired by a large corporation to do some of their consulting. So she's not an employee. She's a consultant. So she's an entrepreneur and um, doing very well in her business in, and you know, get to make her own hours and in this situation where life isn't horrible, but she's not satisfied. Uh And she's also aware that she's lacking some intimacy in her marriage and she's feeling guilty about the lack of time that uh, she spends with her children, wants to spend more time with her family, and yet is really driven to be successful in work at the same time. So all of these components lead her to this place that she says, maybe I should maybe I should figure this out. Like, what's going on with me, right? And it's not really a, it's not like a, I want counseling or or therapy. It's I want to get more success. That's the language most of us will use. And we don't even realize that having more success isn't really, um, the definition of that isn't really just increasing our business or our, our bottom line paycheck, our profit. It's really what I would call prosperity, meaning that we have balance and peace and mm-hmm. a level of security inside of our heart that stems from something we haven't yet gotten a hold of. Yes. And and so as we started to work together, now her and I had um, just a couple of sessions and we discovered very quickly that um, that there were some things called strongholds. And a stronghold is just a very powerful belief system that's been attached to your mindset that even though you might change your mindset about something or choose to think differently about it, the stronghold is still there and kind of pulls you back to it. Okay. But you change your behavior for a couple of weeks or months or even years, and then all of a sudden you put yourself full circle back to where you were, wondering what's wrong with me, why am I broken? And so we discovered some strongholds in her belief system that caused her to believe that no matter how well she did, she still wouldn't measure up. Uh Uh-huh. So it's an emotional stronghold that manifests itself in the natural by also keeping her unsatisfied in every area of her life. And as we did that, as we were able to use some very specific tools, so I have some uh, powerful, powerful tools, Brenda, that I work with my clients on to, number one, help them identify what what is that root system, what is that stronghold. So I, the best picture I can give you is like a garden. And if you're going to plant a garden and you want to grow corn, you plant corn, right? A seed of corn. If you want to get green peppers, you plant a seed of green pepper. If you want carrots or tomatoes, you plant carrots or tomato seeds. And in our emotional life, it's exactly the same. So if we want confidence, if we want security, if we want um, encouragement, if we want victory, we need to plant seeds of that. And yet many of us have had a lifetime full of seeds planted like criticism, judgment, comparison, insecurity, inadequacy, all these little seeds planted through experiences. And guess what kind of fruit we're growing? <laughs> mm-hmm. We have a huge garden and it's really hardy. 
we've been nurturing it this whole time, not knowing that it's the only fruit we have, so we nurture it. So we're full of criticism, comparison, inadequacy, insecurity, whatever that is. And it's my job to help you look at that fruit in your garden and go down into the root system of that fruit and discover where did it get planted and what's the seed that it planted. Okay. And then and then together, you and I, we make a decision as to whether or not that fruit is still serving you. And if it's not, we remove it from the root system, mind you, instead of just chopping it off. Because yes. when you prune a bush, what happens? It comes back fuller and hardier, right? Perfect. So get to the root system. So going to the root system, Brenda, allows us to make room in the garden for the new seeds that most of us have spent our entire lives uh, gathering. <laughs> We've been gathering yeah. all this good seed, and we plant it, and it gets choked out. That's such so a wonderful like, way to, to explain um, as just, as to this whole metaphorical process. And, and it, that's a wonderful method to illustrate to people. I, lo- I love it, Tracy. I'm, I'm going to remember this for myself. Just, uh, it's something that's going to stay with people, you know, stay in their conscious mind. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it is very powerful to be able to have that, pic- that word picture, too. I'm definitely a word picture kind of girl. And then that gives them the ability now, right? So we've, we've gotten the we've gotten the fruit from the root system out of their garden. We planted the new seeds and they're, and they're learning how to nurture those new seeds, which not only gives them results, Brenda, but it gives them permanent results, mm-hmm. not just temporary results. Because we didn't just mow it down and then a week later it comes back. Like it's gone out of their garden. And so it's fundamentally going to create permanent results that are long-lasting and then they build on each other. So the more you nurture your garden with the good seed, the more room you have for more good seed. And the more sensitive you become to the to this negative seed and you don't allow that in your garden anymore. And, and the momentum begins to build in all areas and you just gravitate towards and you attract all of the good seed. Perfect. And, I love it. So that is uh, that's the context of what I do and how I do it, and and the and the beautiful thing is that as I continue each day of my life, Brenda, like as in all of us who are in a place of influence, we get to we get the opportunity to constantly be growing and nurturing our own good seed, and I get um, ample opportunity every single week and every single day to experience more painful painful circumstances and to choose how I'm going to respond to that. Okay. And part of the story that you heard me tell when we were um, at Center Stage Live together was that this May, I got the opportunity to run my first marathon at the Big Sur in California. And that was my sense of victory over the wheelchair. And as I continue to press into that and my business continues to grow and people get victory over the things that they've uh, been been struggling with and had obstacles in their life, my business continues to grow as well. And so I'm I'm just so grateful for the opportunity to have one of those lives that's like a pinch me life, right? So every Ooh. painful opportunity gives us a, a glorious moment of learning how to become an overcomer. Yes. So I love that. So victory. So it's like the equation. It's almost like victory equals success. It could be yeah. financial success, emotional success, or, you know, whatever level, psychological success, whatever level, but that victory of overcoming creates success. Perfect yeah. formula, Trace. Yeah. 
Awesome. Thank you, Brenda, for letting me share my story. I so appreciate it. I it's just amazing that you are just, again, uh, maybe the word inspirational is overused, but I don't know what else to describe uh, your story. And it's, uh, it's really needed here right now uh, with all of the, you know, we're, we're in some turmoil times on earth and um, people need inspiration. And I'm look, so looking forward to sharing this on my, uh, on my website and uh, on, on the radio show here at um, TalkShoe. So, um, Tracy, can you give us some information how do people can contact you? And Absolutely. Do you have coming up here within the next minute? Absolutely. So if you want to uh, pop over to my website, I've got a lot of information on there, and there's a ton of free resources. I've got nuggets that you can listen to, which are my, um, you know, coaching moments of wisdom for people. And that website is going to be designed for Freedom, and I'll spell it for you. That's D-E-S-I-N. Whoops. Let me see if I can actually spell it. Wow. <laughs> D-E-S-I-G-N-E-D. So designed. D-E-S-I-G-N-E-D. And the number four, freedom.com. Designed for freedom.com. And on that website, you will also, if you, um, if you peruse around a little bit, you'll see the opportunity. I've got um, strategy sessions that you can book right on my website. It's a complimentary 30-minute opportunity for me to help uh, launch you into the next step of wherever you're going to go. And I really am going to spend some time. It's not just a sales call. It's an opportunity for me to be able to coach you and guide you and direct you, and I would love to have the opportunity to connect with you there. So go ahead and set up a strategy session if that's something you want to do, and um, connect with me on there. We've got lots of lots of free stuff that's going on on a monthly basis that um, if you want to get connected into that, I can get you sent into that. So everything's on the website that you need to know and how you can connect with me, and I would love to, to see you there. You can, of course, follow us on Facebook as well. Designed for Freedom on Facebook, and we've always got some cool things happening there as well. Oh, perfect, Tracy. Thank you, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it, and I look forward to uh, keeping in contact and doing things in the future. And um, uh, and best to you with, with everything. Um, you're a, a true model uh, of success and living your life uh, in joyfulness, and I, I appreciate that. So thank you again, and um, I'll just pass on again if anybody's looking for uh, a discovery session with myself as to some you know, physical issues you may be going through or blocks um, uh, of any type, you need to give me, uh, send me off an uh, email or go to my website. It's called whisperingenergetic.ca, so whisperingenergetic.ca. Thank you, Tracy. We'll be talking to you shortly, and um, yeah, be well. Thank you, Brenda. Bless you. You too. Bye, everybody. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. 
Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.